Check out the schedule at www.asientoesa.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. It's very nice. Asiento. El Rio began her life in 1978 as a leather Brazilian gay bar. We are an LGBTQ plus space who is welcoming to all good people. We actively invest in communities to promote social change. We actively invest in our local arts and music scene to give space for artists. We actively pursue underserved communities in the use of our space. We are an awesome supporter of the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, hosting an incredible offside show. Wednesday, March 4th, 9 to 11 p.m. with LGBTQ plus and allied comics. So come out to 3158 Mission Street at Cesar Chavez, San Francisco. It's open every day at 2 p.m. with an incredible back patio. El Rio is your dive. Black Plastic Mutiny Radio dot FM. Plastic. I would like to speak to you briefly on what you should know about how to learn the code. This is necessary, for if you do not understand what is required, it is very possible that you, like so many others, will spend much more time and effort than you need to spend in becoming proficient at this skill. Most people believe that to learn the code requires a great deal of intelligence. This is not so. It does call for a different kind of learning skill, however, than most any other subject you can name. For to learn the code, one must learn to associate the sounds created by simple basic rhythm patterns with letters and numbers, a different combination of rhythmic beats for each character. Since rhythm, expressed sonically, is one of the three basic components of music, there are those who will argue that a musician
That was the word best, B-E-S-T. And this?
MutinyRadio.fm is what you got going. All these records I brought are brought and bought. Some of them I bought this morning, some of them from last week. But they're all dollars, and some of them are going back, I'll tell you. But not a, not this Pete Seeger one. It's a keeper. And that uh, that one from Central America kind of sounded like Simon and Garfunkel. If I would, I surely could. We need money. Oh, yeah, I'm going to read the comedy flyer next time, so get ready because I can't find it right now.
Yes, there is, from my side of things. And it's my turn now, so you'll kindly listen without interrupting. First off, John Brown weren't no descendant of Peter Brown come over in the Mayflower. Peter Brown didn't have no male children, so John Brown couldn't have been. What a liar. But then he admitted it himself. A foolish habit to which I was... Somewhat addicted to telling lies. Well, he couldn't very well deny it. The whole countryside knew it. And his family? Plain good folks, were they. Seedy drifters. Moving from place to place when their names got too unsavory. They all read the Bible, all right, to pick out the juicy parts. I remember what his favorite was. Without the shedding of blood, there's no reason. And his favorite hymn, he used to go around singing, was something that began, There is a fountain filled with blood. He used to scare the kids half to death, stalking along with his hair stiff as hogs bristles and his wild eyes. He used to scare his own kids for that matter. I don't wonder, always beating on them. Always dwelling on death, too. I felt for a number of years. 
die. Well, all that beating didn't make those kids grow up any good. Boys always bullying someone, and the girls just as bad, but quieter and meaner, you know. That Ruth now killed her little sister by scalding her death. Oh, that Brown family. They just fed on violence, and they learned it from old John Brown himself. Yep. I reckon most people a little scared of that old lunatic. Felt right sorry for those wives of his. Living in a house so bleak where a little pat of butter was a sin. Seven children by the first, and no comforts in the house. You might say he killed her with an overdose of the Bible and pregnancy. When she died, he didn't waste no time looking around for a replacement. Poor Marianne. Bore him 13 children, making 20 children in all, and she put up with his absences without complaining. Maybe she was glad to have him gone so much. Gone to Kansas. So John Brown crossed the Missouri River into Kansas with a wagon load of arms. The Brown boys may have come to Kansas to settle. Their father came to fight. John Brown, you'll never get to Kansas alive. We are prepared not to die alone. He carted arms to Kansas, but worse, he brought along all his sickness. Seems like slavery just give him a chance to hate a whole lot of people he'd never even seen. A whole half the country. And he didn't stop there. Why, he even hated the abolitionists. Talk, talk, talk! <laughs> They'd be more impressive if they'd throw away their satchels stuffed with papers and stick a couple of pistols in their belts. The burning of Lawrence, Kansas gave him a dandy chance to enjoy some of that hate of his. That brown bunch lay there in the thicket a whole day, honing their knives. And at night they went for those poor fellows, not even pro-slavery leaders, mind you, just ordinary folks. So, John Doyle, is it? Step out here, slaver. And now your fine son's there, too. Come along, Sherman. There's a little something else here that should be mentioned. You see, Sherman was trying to prosecute him for horse thieving at the time. Pa, Pa, what are you doing? You split his head clear open. Ain't that enough? I just think I'll take his hand along with me. Pa, put that down.
was early on a Saturday morn I was strolling in the wood I chanced upon a lady by the wayside stood I said, pray, what would such a lass as you be doing here? I've come to take some photographs, she said as I drew near Said I to her, I do declare, this is a fateful day For I have come to photograph the same as you did say So I pulled out my Nikon F and placed it in her hand He said, that's quite a camera, you've got at your command My camera so delighted her that with no more delay she let me see her camera case wherein her accessories lay. I said to her, I'm sure you've everything that can be bought. Just let me stretch my tripod before I take some shots. We photographed from haylofts and up against the wall. If you've not photographed on a Saturday night, you've not photographed at all. She had her shutter open wide, but daylight was all gone. Likewise, my naked camera lens, it had its filter on. This lady had experience with cameras, yes indeed. And I thought that her exposure's the best I ever seed. Although she seemed to tire not, as on and on we went. Says I will have to finish now, my film supply is spent. She said I've had Minolta's, Yashica's and Roley. Hasselblad and Pentax, likewise a Polaroid. Miranda, Leica, Nickermat, a Kodak and the rest. But now I've had your Nikon F, I'm sure that it's the best. Je vous connais ma petite, vous ne m'avez jamais vu. 
qu'un type du port d'un homme de la rue.
Black Plastic is the show you listen to on Mutiny Radio. FM. We got the comedy festival coming. This is the first time I'm reading it, so I apologize to One Take Benjamin. Uni Radio Comedy Festival 2020 Dead Men Tell No Jokes March 1st through 7th. Bringing 76 national comedians together for 66 live comedy shows, streaming radio, and broadcast. 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Sunday to Saturday at MutinyRadio.fm Plus special live comedy show at the El Rio, which is Wednesday, March 4th. So come on down, see what's going down in the town, in the city. We uh, need you to go through the Venmo people to send us money because we got bills. And we do have skills, but not sometimes enough to pay the bills. So that would be greatly appreciated. We need it. We know some of you got it. So keep keep enjoying the lovely tunes. Because it's from plastic that's flat and black and full of grooves.
releasing is forgiving. Releasing is really stripping yourself of that heavy burden that you've been carrying around for so long. Releasing is when you've done all you know to do about any situation. You've come to the end of yourself and you let go and let God. It is necessary sometimes in our life that we release even the ones we love. When I say release, I don't mean to forget them, stop loving them, stop praying for them, stop sending out positive thoughts into the universe for their protection and their security and their prosperity and their health. But there comes a time that it's nothing you can do with the present situation but worry about it. And when you get to that point, you're supposed to level with yourself and be honest with yourself to say, I've done all I know to do now, I'm going to release it. I'm going to forgive this person or this thing or this situation. I'm not going to hold any grudges and I'm going to let it go. And this is when God will begin to work for you. You release when you really and truly love. You release that child when you've done all you know, you've guided, you've directed, and the child still stands up and say, I want to go my way. And you've cried and you moaned and you've tried to direct and show, you've tried to force the child. You see, you can't force anybody to do anything. And you have to release it and let it go. And you've got to have faith in your Heavenly Father that wherever that child is, God is protecting and dealing with. Sometimes God has to deal with us and our loved ones and we don't suppose to get in his way. I'll give you an example of a, of a boy that just kept getting into trouble and just kept getting in jail and his mother just would go and mortgage everything she had and she, everything she could make, she would try to get him out of jail. He just kept going, getting back in jail. So it wasn't until she had, didn't have anything else to spend and she couldn't get into any more money to get him out of jail that he had to stay in jail. While he was in jail, he learned how to deal with the self. He found himself. Here was a mother that was forced to release her child so God could deal with that child. For that child is not your child. That child, all of us, are God's children. And we have a goal in life that we must fulfill if we are to be whole and peaceful and contented. We'll either stay here and fulfill that goal or leave here. Do you understand me? It would have been so much better maybe after the second or third time that boy had gotten in jail if the mother had come to herself and humble her heart and mind and ask for divine guidance and ask her Heavenly Father to give me the strength to release him, Father. 
Release him in your charge. Put him in your care. So he will understand how to grow and develop. To grow and develop. To be tempered. To fulfill any God-given purpose. Suffering is something that we must all do. But if you're hard-headed, some folks have to just, you have to keep knocking them down, knocking them down. They got to keep knocking themselves down time and time again before they have learned. They are bullheaded. Sometimes they have to be knocked down and stripped completely before they understand their real purpose and destiny in life. Before they understand that they don't suppose to go around here misusing and abusing everybody. Well, they understand they don't even suppose to destroy themselves. See, God loves you too. And you're very important to him. And when you do something that's destructive to yourself, it grieves him deeply. A lot of people say, well, I don't hurt anybody else. I just hurt myself when I go out here and get drunk when I go here and get on dope, when I do all these destructive things hurt myself, but you're wrong. You got a mother somewhere, you got a father somewhere, you got relatives, a wife, children, and don't you know when you hurt yourself and they love you, that you're also hurting them? So there is no such thing, and if you know you're hurting your earthly relatives and loved ones, what do you think of your heavenly father that loves you more than anything in the world? Don't you know you're hurting him? So there's no getting around it. Can't stand by your side and walk with you. If I'm not communicating but with two of you today, the rest of you cut me off. If I get two of you, one, I don't have enough. But I'm going to tell you, I want you to remember, I don't care how rich you are, how powerful you are, how handsome you think you are, how well-dressed you think you are, how much sex appeal you think you got. There's a reckoning day for every human being that ever lived. And you know, you got a spirit with, we got two spirits here. There's a, a negative and a positive. And you ought to try to get a tune to the positive. I want to let you know, if no one has ever told you in a long time, that God is tired of you. You got a chance, but you better get yourselves together. You got to get somewhere and stand still. You got to start reflecting on the things that really mean something. And if you don't begin to do it, you're not going to be here taking up time. Because he said, if I have to go and change the rocks, the stones, and the trees to souls, I'll do it. And from I say to you men, there's a lot to be desired. Because you've lost your compassion, you've lost your love, you've lost your, your understanding, you've lost your real strength. Nobody believe you anymore. Nobody want to trust you anymore. 
When you get together to even on a conference table, don't nobody believe you. Always suspicious of you because you have not sown any seeds that's worth anything because you're ripping and running and fooling with the things of the world and you have made it your God. This is why homes are not together. This is why we have such weak family units. Because you got these little boys who supposed to be men running around here acting like children. Too obsessed with self. And you've had all the things in the world today to pamper the man. He's pampered more than the woman this these days. Pampered. And there's all kinds of things saying, well, because the woman is trying to be this and that. They're going to come up with all kinds of excuses, but I'm saying to you, those of you, we've had women to write and say, young women, I'm trying to find this indwelling Christ within me. And I'm telling you, you better begin to know. Because you're not going to be able to accomplish anything constructive and it's going to last. God's tired of you running around here, crushing the hearts, minds, souls of his women and his children. And your power is going to be stripped. It's going to be stripped. It's being stripped right now. And I say to you mothers, and I said it to you yesterday, you better stand up. When that boy in your house is wrong, you better take issue with him. You better say, I love you, son, but you are wrong. So many of these men today, they don't know the way because you haven't taught it to them. Their father was running all off somewhere, couldn't catch him. But this is a new day. We can't keep reflecting on what happened yesterday. And the real decision is resting on the shoulders today of you young men that's listening to me today, that's here in the world today. What are you doing with your life? What is the last time you, because of your arrogance, decided to go out and misuse one of God's children or a group of God's children? Because he invested the power in you, when did you misuse it for the destruction of the least of these?
compassionate, the merciful, creator of the universe, who has raised the earth without pillars. There lived long ago a king named Shahariyar. He was married to a beautiful queen who appeared to love him as dearly as he loved her. One day, he discovered that in spite of her sweet words and smiles, she had been for many months conspiring with his enemies to kill him and to marry somebody else. Then King Shahariyar fell into such a terrible rage that he was almost mad, and in his fury, he killed his queen with his own hand. Never again, said he, shall wife of mine deceive me. Then still in his rage, he made a vow that whenever he wanted to, he would marry some unfortunate young maiden and on the very next day have her beheaded. For some time he kept his mad and wicked vow. At last the people of the country began to steal away with their daughters and go to other countries so that after a while there was hardly a young girl left in any of the cities round about. Indeed, there were soon only two. They were sisters, the daughters of his grand vizier or chief minister. Their father soon began to feel that he too had better have gone away, in spite of his being grand vizier, for he loved his daughters and could not bear the idea that the terrible fate which awaited any wife of the king should fall on either of them. So, when the king next said he wanted a wife, the grand vizier told him there were no more maidens to be had. At this, the king became furious and swore that if the vizier did not immediately bring him a maiden and a young and beautiful one, he should be beheaded at once. When he heard that and saw the fury of the king, 
The vizier returns sadly to his house. Now his elder daughter was a lovely girl named Shahrazade. She was not only beautiful but accomplished, and she loved reading stories, histories, and adventures, so that she knew no less than a thousand wonderful or funny tales. When Shahrazade saw her father's sad face and noticed that he would eat nothing but salad, with a bent back like someone laid down in the misery, she said.
smothered in smoking. Buzzing elbows and chitlins a la king. Steamed hot alligator foots with dumplings. <laughs> There's something wrong with you. Something missing someplace somewhere. you Bellevue, that's it I mean, sometimes you just ain't all there Now, 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 now Take a look <laughs> at yourself Woo, I'm telling you I ain't lying, girl You look like mm-hmm, something else
shot the first piece. <clears throat> I learned how to play when I was a little boy. He said it was called Big Fat Mama with the meat shaking on your ball. <laughs> Big Fat Mama with what? Meat shake on your ball. Did you hear about the war 
<laughs> I'd have you up to the White House tomorrow before you declare a national blues holiday. <laughs> Muddy Waters, B.B. King, be the vice president. James Thomas would be the commander-in-chief. <laughs> I don't believe I'd like to be president. Why? Well, they always want to take a shot at the president. They always think that he's doing wrong. Want to take a shot at him. Yes, but I don't. Be the vice president. <laughs> James Thomas would be the commander in chief. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe I'd like to be president. Well, they always want to take a shot at him. I think that he's doing wrong. Want to take a shot at him. You reckon he'll ever be a black man president? I don't believe so. Why? Well, I don't know. Might be one of these days, but I don't, I don't believe it. But the things can't change, you know. Well, maybe one day they will be Black Black Classic Mutiny Radio dot FM. Oh, God. 
Sri Ram. 